tonight. Acts chapter number 15 is where we'll be this evening. I want to talk to you about a couple things. I know we had talked about ministry, uh, God's pattern for ministry and different things, and we talked about that first missionary journey in chapter 13 that Paul and them had, and when they went to Antioch, his message uh, to the people of Antioch uh, as they uh, went that way, and Paul began to uh, minister to the people there, and we know how he continued back in that pattern that he had. Should be on, lights on. This thing on? Testing one, two, waving at me back there. We're on. All right, hello. All right, so there was a, a pattern. If you remember, we talked about how Paul, his focus in ministry and what he had gone through is that, you know, he was stoned and persecuted and all those other things that uh, Paul had gone through. And uh, he still understood that he, there was discipleship was part of uh, the work that God had for him. And he had a heart not only to see souls saved, but to follow up with them and disciple with them. And uh, when he was in Iconium, they uh, threatened to run him out uh, or to stone him. And so he left town and he goes to Lystra. And while he was in Lystra, Lystra stoned him and left him for dead outside the gates. And uh, he gets up and he goes uh, with them over to Derby. And while they're in Derby, he's preaching the gospel. That's his main goal. He's preaching the gospel. And uh, as he preaches the gospel and people get saved, which uh, that happens, by the way, when the gospel goes out, it smites people's hearts and they get saved and that's what the word of God does Uh, not everybody's going to receive Christ but they're definitely not going to if they don't have a a witness telling them about the Lord and so our main focus ought to be the gospel the preaching of the gospel and we talked about that last week and how we ought to preach the word and not be ashamed to preach the Bible and not be ashamed to talk about the death burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ I'm glad that salvation doesn't change I'm glad it's the same uh, today as it ever was and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in the finished work and the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world and I'm glad for it I'm glad that we don't have to keep guessing on how we're supposed to be saved that we have a perfect word of God that tells Tells us about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. And I'm glad for the day that I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. How old things are passed away and behold all things are become new. And man, that's what Paul was. He was energetic about that. He understood what he used to be. And where God brought him to. And uh, he, was, he was very emphatic about that. And he wanted to preach the gospel wherever he went. Now he was stoned and left for dead. And like most of us, uh, if it would have been us, we would have just laid there and said, Lord, take me home. I don't want to uh, get up again. But he got up and he goes now to Derby and he preaches in Derby. You think Paul was sore? I'm sure he was. You think he was hurt? Yes, I'm sure he was. But he preached the gospel. And folks got saved. Then he says, you know what? I need to make sure I wasn't there long enough over there in Lystra. I need to go back and make sure that those who got saved are starting to get grounded and know what they're supposed to do now. And so he went back to Lystra and he began to disciple folks there. And then they went back to Antioch of Pisidia. And they began to travel back uh, and take uh, basically just go backwards to those that he had uh, already won to Christ. And those that have, been got, uh, that have gotten saved and uh, All of that stuff. And so that common pattern that was there, they were examples. They talked about exhorting them. It was a big part of discipleship. There was that exhortation. And then uh, they were examples uh, that they set and uh, talked about the fellowship between the Gentiles and the Jews and uh, began to say, listen, we're all saved by the same thing. And just because you're a Jew doesn't mean you're better than a Gentile and all of those things. So Paul was helping them out according to that. We're going to actually be in the latter part of chapter 15. But uh, in uh, the first part of it, I want to read just a little bit to you. 
of what's taking place here. And uh, we'll kind of give you a, a brief synopsis of what's happening. Uh, you know that there were some people that came in. And I'll kind of just tell you the story a little bit. And then we'll jump into it uh, here. There were some people who came in and tried to uh, give a false doctrine. Uh, they now came into the church and they began to add things to the gospel. They began to say, well, it's not just by grace through faith. There's, you've got to have the works in order to be saved and all of those things. And they try, By the way, you can't add anything to something Jesus has done. We can't add things to the gospel. The gospel is the same because it's what Jesus did. It's nothing about you or I, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, none of those things. But there were some false teachers that came to teach the Mosaic law, and there was some dissension and some division now that was taking place. And uh, in verse number 7, it says, And there had been much disputing, and Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, Ye know how that uh, a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of what? The gospel. Here it is again. Same pattern, isn't it? He's talking about the gospel. Now Peter stands up and he gives testimony about going to Cornelius' house and how God took him to Cornelius and how these Gentiles were saved. He said, listen, I'm not just telling you something I heard. This is something God used me to do. I went to Cornelius' house and I told them about the gospel. He said, I told them about that. It said, uh, to hear the, the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Notice he didn't say purifying their hearts by works. He didn't say purifying their hearts by any other way, but by faith. And the Bible still says, for by grace are you saved through faith. You know what, we're, our theme this year, faith that moves mountains. Listen, you've got to be saved. You're never going to under, understand what faith is all about until you exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you put your faith and trust in him and believing what he had done. It talked about believing. He said to give them the gospel and believe. You understand you've got to believe in what Jesus Christ did. You can't just say some words. You can't just say a prayer and expect to go to heaven. So here's what happens. And now Paul, uh, Peter stands up and all this, and there's still some disputing, still some arguing, still some things going on about what happened. So they're like, fine, we're going to settle all this. And they actually take a trip back to Jerusalem where James uh, is pastoring and all this stuff. And it comes back around that they say what Peter's saying is right. Gentiles and Jews, they're all the same. Uh, we're all, uh, God loved all of us. There's none that are better than the others. And uh, I'm glad for that, aren't you? It doesn't matter where we come from or what we've done, that uh, God loves us all the same, and I'm glad glad for that. But as I was reading through all of this, I, I want to come down to the end part of the chapter. This is kind of what has happened here, and now they're uh, back in this place. Now uh, Barnabas and Paul and all of those are, are here. And in verse 35, it says, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after Paul and Barnabas, let us, uh, and some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. You know what he's saying? Let's go back and check on them. See how things are going. Let's go, those ones that we've been to preaching, let's just go follow up and check, check on them. See how things are going. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, 
who departed from them in Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. If you remember when uh, they were uh, getting ready to go do some work, John Mark there was with them and John Mark decided to go home. And Paul didn't find that uh, very nice. Paul didn't like the fact that John Mark uh, left. Paul was one that thought, you know what, if he don't have what it takes, I don't want to have him around. You know, and John Mark left and went back home. Now Barnabas, uh, it's not, uh, it doesn't shock me that Barnabas is wanting to take John Mark. Why? Because John Mark was one that, yes, he left, but what was Barnabas? Barnabas was an encourager, wasn't he? Barnabas was one that was a restorer of the brethren. He was one that tried to bring others up to that next level. He was that encourager. If you remember, nobody wanted to give Paul a chance. Nobody wanted to give Saul a chance. But Barnabas was the one that said, no, I've watched him dispute with the Grecians. I've watched him do all that. And basically gave his, his approval for what Saul was doing and brought him forth. And, and, and people began to put their trust now in what Paul was doing because they understood Barnabas was that one encouraging him. But now Barnabas is saying, hey, let's take John Mark with us. And Paul says, I don't think so. I'm not in agreement there. I don't want to have John Mark with us. In verse 39, it says, And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And, when, and he went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. Now, there was some dissension here. There was a disagreement that was taking place between Paul and Barnabas. Now, let me ask you a question. As far as this disagreement went against Barnabas and Paul, was it a doctrinal disagreement? It was not. It was a difference of opinion, wasn't it? It was a difference of opinion between the two. It wasn't a doctrinal difference. And uh, what I want to explain to you tonight is that, listen, you're going to have disagreements with people uh, anytime you're in a church. You say, why? Because we're all different. We all think differently. We all do that. But the one thing that we ought not to be different on is this book. Doctrine is what we stand on. Our opinions have differences, okay? And Paul was very hard-headed, and uh, Paul was one that when he got his mind fixed on something, that's pretty much what he did. And uh, he didn't want John Mark to come back. And there were some disagreements that took place. But I'm going to speak to you on this subject tonight is that this, when there's a disagreement, don't allow division to come. When there's a disagreement, don't allow division to come. Listen, I'm talking about a disagreement that's not doctrinal. That's what I'm talking about. Here, these guys, they were partners in crime, as you would say. They were co-laborers together, weren't they? They were pushing for the same cause. They were going in the same direction. Now, we are going to see what God does through this, okay? We are going to see how God takes this circumstance and actually makes good things take place. But we're going to look at some of this stuff and see what, what happens as we go through here. But I want to kind of just give you this idea. It says, verse 39, that the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder. Now, this wasn't just somebody got hurt feelings. This was they didn't even want to be in the same company because Paul said, I don't want to be with Mark. I don't think John Mark's got what it takes. What do you think? And listen, I'm paraphrasing. I'm reading between the lines here. But I think Paul looked at Barnabas and said, uh, first, no. If I was there listening to the conversations, Barnabas looking at that encourager. You know, he's Brother James. He's saying, you know what? I think we ought to take John Mark with us. 
And Paul says, I don't think so. Do you remember back when we were going to that other place, John Mark didn't want, he wanted to go home to his mother's house. He wanted to go home and, you know, he didn't want to help us. And if you actually study uh, the history of who John Mark was and who his mother was, that Mary there, you know, if you remember when Peter was in the jail and they were praying in the house, whose house were they in? Mary's house, weren't they? And Rhoda comes to the door. Listen, that was Barnabas's sister. John Mark was his nephew, if you read the lineage and all those things. So he wanted him there, but he said hey, he went back home. And Paul didn't want anything to do with that. He said, listen, what makes you think, Barnabas, that he's going to stay with us this time? If he comes, he may turn tail and run again. And I don't want somebody that ain't going to cut it. Now, Paul had an issue right now with forgiveness, didn't he? Paul had an issue with allowing somebody else to help along the way. And so uh, this contention didn't just uh, start out. A, it started out maybe as a small little disagreement, but it got so sharp that they said, you know what? Fine. You take Mark. I'm taking Silas, and we're going to part ways. Now, these are guys that have been preaching together. These are guys that have been walking arm in arm, as you would say, in the ministry. And you know what? I was thinking about all of this, and I began to think about how in society today where we are is there's a lot of people that have disagreements on where you went to college or who you hang out with and all those kind of things. And listen, doctrinally, you're the same. You preach uh, the King James Bible. You stand on salvation by grace through faith and a baptism by immersion. And you believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. And you got your doctrine right, but you don't agree with what camp the person's in. And a lot of people in our independent fundamental Baptist movement, guess what they've done? They've separated because of what camp somebody's in. Let me explain to you what camp you need to be in is Jesus' camp. That's the camp you need to be in. It doesn't matter where somebody went to college as far as uh, what Baptist school, whether you like it or not. The fact is, if they're doctrinally right, you ought to praise God for them. You ought to praise God for them. And there's a lot of division. People have petty disagreements and things like that. And we're going to talk about these little petty disagreements that happened here. And uh, how when we have these little disagreements, we shouldn't allow it to cause division in our church. You know what, I believe with all my heart that this is God's work. It's not my work, it's not your work. I believe that. I believe that this is God's work and that God takes His people and God moves His people sometimes and God brings in other people and God does what He's going to do. But the fact is, you should never leave a church unless God tells you to leave. Unless they're doct- If they're doctrinally right. If they're doctrinally right, you ought to stay firm and stay right. Okay? What I mean by that is, once you know that this is where God wants you to be, you need to stay there and do what's right. And then when God says, hey, it's time for you to go, you go and you obey the Lord, fine. But we don't allow our little petty disagreements on whether the, the pews are red or the pews are blue or whether there's chairs or pews or the walls are yellow or the walls are gray or whatever color that is. We shouldn't allow it to divide a church over petty little disagreements. You know, and the fact is, there's been times I've heard of church splits because they did not agree with what color carpet was in the church. There's been church splits because they didn't like the chandeliers that were bought for the church. There was a church split one time that I actually heard about. The preacher got a good deal uh, at an auction, brother guy, on toilet paper. He went to the auction and he bought enough toilet paper to last the church for a year. And people got mad because they didn't vote on it and the church split over that. 
Listen, the fact of the matter is, sometimes we just need to grow up a little bit and understand this, that it's bigger than you and I. And we can't allow our little petty disagreements to divide a church. Here, this work that Paul and Barnabas had been doing for the Lord, now there's contention and there's dissension between them and they're parting ways and they're moving on, one over here and one on there. And first thing I want you to understand about these disagreements is that ministry difficulties are more about relationships than doctrine. You say, what are you talking about? I don't hear a lot of true separation in churches mainly over doctrine. I don't. You know what I hear why people leave? is because they got their feelings hurt. Why people get uh, upset about, well, this person didn't shake my hand for three times and they, they don't like me and so I'm leaving. And we laugh about it, but people get sensitive, don't they? You know what? I would understand if people got up, walked out the door and said, listen, they didn't preach from the Bible. Hey, they weren't going soul winning. Hey, they, they said that soul winning doesn't work anymore. We're not going to do that. I understand. You ought to get up and run out of a place like that. But if somebody's preaching right and you don't agree with the color of their shirt, we just need to learn to get over it. Why? Because it doesn't make you more spiritual because you wear a white shirt. It doesn't make you more spiritual because your tie has a right kind of knot. And we laugh about those things, but I do know preachers that have stood behind a pulpit like this that said, you're not called of God to preach the gospel if you don't wear a white shirt and tie. And the fact of the matter is, we don't use this pulpit in this church to preach opinions. We preach doctrine. We preach doctrine. Listen, I'd rather somebody stand up here in a polka-dotted tie, or a bow tie with shiny, wild-colored shoes, but is like a wild man preaching the gospel. I'd be okay with that than somebody that tries to change the Word of God. And the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of difficulties that happen in a church. They're more about relationships than they are about doctrine. Who do you associate with? You know what, I like you, but I don't like them, and you like them, so I can't like you. You know what I call that? I call that the junior high recess mentality. Junior high recess, well, you know what, I can't be your friend because you're their friend. and it, God help us. And I know that doesn't happen here a lot. Praise the Lord for that. But as I was studying this and I thought about all this contention that took place, and listen, whether you agree or disagree with what somebody did or why they did what they did, if they're not doctrinally wrong, just be quiet. Just be quiet and go on about your life. You have enough of your own faults to worry about what they're doing. And we just need to press on for the Lord. I don't know why God wanted me to preach this tonight, but I know it was him. I didn't want to preach it. But the fact of the matter is we have a lot of sensitive people. They get their feelings hurt. And they don't want to stick it out because they say, well, I just don't like that hard preaching. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I don't want anybody to leave here tonight thinking that I'm trying to talk bad about anybody who God has moved from this church. Because the fact of the matter is, this is God's work. And God moves people. And as long as they feel that that's what God is doing and they've prayed and they've asked God and they know that God's moving them to do a different work, God uses different people in different places. Listen, you came here from somewhere else. I came here from somewhere else. See, God moves us around. Paul and them were there in this place, but they had been moved around to different places. What I'm talking about is somebody who just says, you know what, I don't like uh, what's happening there because uh, they only have one business meeting every quarter instead of every Wednesday night. Listen, let's just get over those things. 
and stick with doctrine, stick with the Bible, and move on. But these guys had contention, and it divided them. Now here, Barnabas takes John Mark, and Paul takes Silas, and they go their separate ways. And what would happen in today's society with that is no more work would get done for God. You know why? Because we'd have a chip on our shoulder. And everywhere we went, we would be bad-mouthing the person that we had contention with. We'd be talking bad about that person that we didn't disagree with or that we didn't agree with. We'd be uh, calling them out and naming them uh, by this. But listen, you know why there was some disappointment here? You know why there was some uh, hard feelings? Because there's no real disappointment without a genuine investment. You say, what are you talking about? They both had invested in John Mark. Barnabas had invested in Paul. And Paul had invested in other people. And there was some true investment there. And you ever seen when you've really invested in somebody's life and it seems like they go wayward? Man, there's a broken heart, isn't there? And they weren't necessarily going wayward, but there was a disagreement because Barnabas tried to teach Paul that, listen, you got to have some forgiveness. Do you remember when uh, nobody wanted you around? <laughs> I could just see Barnabas saying, Paul, calm down a little bit, you know. Uh, nobody wanted you. They didn't believe in you, and I stuck up for you, and now I'm trying to help you with John Mark and understand there's some good qualities that John Mark has that you need. And Paul's just hard-headed and said, no, that's not going to happen. And the contention got so bad that they divided. But listen, I'm sure there were some hurt feelings that Paul had. I'm sure Paul had some hurt feelings in the fact that John Mark had been with them and they'd been doing a work and they'd been seeing God do some things. And then all of a sudden, John Mark goes back home. And there were some probably hurt feelings because whenever you have an investment into something and that, that gets severed, there's some hurt and there's some disappointment that comes. But you know what? These guys saw this situation and people differently. They both looked at it in a different way. See, Paul was looking at it as, well, Barnabas and, and Mark had to think like him. And Barnabas was looking at it as, hey, listen, there's always hope and restoration for somebody else. And they're trying to come up with this, but they both had different views and different things, and they were looking at it in different ways. But their disagreement that they have, I want you to understand, we're going to look at what happens, that God is bigger than their disagreements. God's bigger than their disagreements because though they had some contention and though they went different ways, I believe God, because of their spirituality, yes, they had a, guess what? They had a flesh moment. There was some contention that took place. And listen, I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. We're never going to do what's right. But I am saying this, when we do have odds against somebody else, you know what we need to do? We need to end up fixing it. We not hold a grudge about it. And these guys, even though there was some contention in their like there were some disagreements that took place. God was bigger than their disagreements. He was bigger than their disagreements. Chronologically, if you were to look into Scripture, in Galatians chapter number 2, what happens before? Remember, there was some disagreement because Paul told Barnabas, listen, you remember when I had to rebuke you and Peter? You remember when I had to call you out to your face because of eating around those other people and all this stuff, and I told you that we need to be different than them, and I called you guys out and all this. I'm sure there were some disagreements and all this stuff. So there, there was some situations that they were probably bringing up and caused more contention than just the current situation that was happening. And, you know, we're always good at always trying to dig up all the stuff that we were supposed to have been forgiven for a long time whenever we get into an argument with somebody. 
You know, we tell somebody, hey, I've forgiven you and this is over. But then when we get in an argument, you know what we do? Try to pull it all back up again, don't we? Why? So we can win that argument. But now I want to show you what takes place. You don't have to turn to all these for sake of time, but I kind of want to share with you what's going on. And there was some contention between them. It said it was sharp that they departed asunder. And Paul chose Silas and departed. It said being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. So listen, they, they both continued to do a work for God. Even though they divided ways and even though they parted ways, Barnabas and Mark began to do a work that God had for them to do over here. And the gospel began to go out this direction. And then Paul and Silas went out this way and God began to use them and the gospel. And guess what? God used this division in their life to see the gospel spread even more. You know why? Because I believe once this was over in these guys' hearts that the Holy Spirit of God began to prick these guys' hearts and show them where they messed up and what they did wrong. You say, I don't believe that, preacher. Well, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this is five years after the situation that we're just reading. You don't have to turn there, but in 1 Corinthians 9... Paul commends Barnabas five years later about, who, how, about what he's done for the Lord. He commends on, on Barnabas' spirit and how Barnabas is. And then in Colossians chapter 4, which is ten years later when Paul's in prison, guess who he, he, he's with him in the prison? John Mark. John Mark's with him. Ten years later, John Mark's with him. If you remember at the end of Paul's earthly ministry, when he was about to end, he writes to Timothy, the preacher boy, and he tells him this, bring John Mark for he's needful for me. Why was he needful for him? Because guess who John Mark got to go and serve with? The encourager. Barnabas. And now, at the end of Paul's ministry, guess what Paul said? Guess what God taught me? Guess what I learned? I didn't have a grudge. God was using that situation because he knew one day I was going to need John Mark. And so John Mark was learning from Barnabas. And now here at the end of my ministry, I'm telling you, Barnabas was doing a great thing. And instead of bad-mouthing Barnabas, Paul was commending Barnabas for who he was and for the influence that he had and all of those things. So God was bigger than their disagreement. Yes, they had a fleshly uh, situation that took place, but God allowed them to, to grow through all of that. And I begin to think about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 what lessons Paul learned from this. Do you remember the church at Corinth when they were going to law one against another? And Paul writes to the church at Corinth, he says, Neither idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor revilers, nor extortioners, nor drunkards shall inherit the kingdom of God. He says, and such were some of you. Remember he's saying, guys, listen, you're worried about going to law one against another. And instead of that, let's focus on what we used to be. He said, but you're washed. You're justified. You're sanctified. You know what, Paul, the one that was... Just dead set against Mark. Now he's trying to remind the church at Corinth this. Now listen, don't worry about your little petty disagreements. There's a bigger task ahead. You know what we need to realize is that we're sinners just like everybody else. And if you quit focusing on everybody else's issues and start looking at yours, you can just praise God that you're saved by grace and get excited about that. You know, that'll help you out a lot when you're worried about what somebody else is doing, these petty little disagreements that you have with somebody else. You know what you can do in life that will really help you along the way? 
is remember where you used to be and what God saved you out of. He said, but you're washed. You're justified. You're sanctified. See, God used this circumstance to prepare Paul to be what God wanted him to be. And God taught, used Barnabas again to be that encourager and help John Mark so that John Mark could learn to be an encourager and be there to encourage Paul in the end. You know what he was saying is this, is that even though we have disagreements, we shouldn't let it divide us. Even though there's going to be times, guess what? There's going to be times that you disagree with me and there's going to be times that I disagree with you. But as long as our doctrine's straight and as long as we still are standing on this old King James Bible, we ought not to let our little differences cause us to wander. Now listen, the... God used their circumstance. God used the situation. But you know what we need to allow our differences to do? To make us better for God. To make us better for the Lord. Because you know what? They both probably had good points to help each other out. Barnabas was probably trying to encourage Paul to be a forgiving person and, 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 and give somebody else a second chance. And Paul was probably trying to help Barnabas, listen, to stand up for right. And when somebody doesn't want to serve God, you just need to keep going forward. I'm pretty sure they both had a good intentions and good heart in what they were trying to do. But then they got in the flesh as they were talking and there was just contention between them. And they just said, you know what, we're just going to part ways and we're going to go. But they were able to learn from their mistakes. See, we have a lot of people in our society today that whenever there's contention, they don't ever get over it. They allow it to cause them to be bitter. And that bitterness turns into hatred. And that hatred ends up destroying them. And then pretty soon they're not even in church. You say, oh, that doesn't happen really. Why don't you read the story of King Saul and what happened in his life? His own disobedience, brother guy, he got bitter at David. and Hunted David like an animal. Threw a javelin at his own son. Lost people in his kingdom. Died a miserable death. Why? Because he wouldn't get over his little petty disagreement. The fact of the matter is, God said, Saul, you're done. You know what he should have said? Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And went on with life. Oh, did he have consequences to deal with? Sure. But you know what? He, he hunted David. Why? Because he was just bitter about his whole situation. And there's going to be disagreements that we have with people. And you may not agree with why somebody does something or why they don't. But you know what you need to do? If they're still standing on this book and they're still doing what's right, when you see them, you ought to put your arm around them and say, Hey, love you and I'm praying for you. Let's just keep pressing on for God. I got to thinking about the churches that we have in our community that are doing right for the Lord. I got to thinking about how when we think of an independent Baptist church, we think of, we're independent of even fellowship with other independent Baptist churches. Because you know what? They're bigger than we are. Or they don't have what we have. Or they have something we don't have. And we allow these little petty disagreements to stop us from having sweet fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And the fact of the matter is that when you start feeling that way, you know what you need to do is you need to take a long look in the mirror and understand something. Is that your problem is you. Your problem's you. 
If you can't be happy for a church down the road that's winning souls and doing something for God, the problem's not them, the problem's you. You say, well, I don't agree with how they did it. So what? Well, they came in an area we ride a bus. So what? Who cares? Praise God, the little kid got on their bus and went to church. What a blessing. But you know what? We say, they stole our people. They're not your people, they're God's people. You know, you say, preacher, are you, are you just... Are you preaching just because you're trying to vent on something? No, I'm tired of division in our churches. I'm tired of our churches just blowing apart because we can't, we can't accept the fact that God's blessing them and He's doing this over here. And, I, I, and you know what we're like? We're like Ephraim that we've been talking about in Judges on Sunday night. We don't want to see the work, get, we don't want to be part of the work getting done, but we want to reap the spoils of it. And we get all upset with somebody down the road who's God's blessing. Well, I don't agree with how they did this or what they did. Aren't you glad that the sun doesn't rise and set on you? The fact of the matter is, God's still in control. And it's all about His work. And never think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. And as I was reading through this passage where the guy, the Holy Spirit of God, just began to smite my heart about some things and say, listen, we just need to get over ourselves and come to the place where we just are glad to serve God anywhere we can. Just serve the Lord in whatever capacity He lets us serve Him. You know what that means? If God gives you the opportunity and tells you He wants you to serve in this area, you know what you ought to just do is just wave that flag of surrender and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. I'll do it. But preacher, you don't understand. God told me to get on a bus route. There's loud kids that don't behave. They don't listen. Well, praise the Lord. Why don't you be a good example to them and teach them how to behave and how to listen and, and what the Bible says about that and just love them to Jesus. Well, you don't understand. He wants me to uh, go out and deal with the homeless people. And well, aren't you glad that God still loves them too? And that we have an opportunity to serve Him. You say, preacher, that's easy to say coming from standing up in the pulpit. Listen, I told you when I became the pastor of this, I'll never ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do. If God brings a homeless guy in here, I'll be the first one to shake his hand. You know why? Because he's a sinner that the Lord loves. He's somebody that, that needs God's help. And listen, if somebody comes in here that doesn't dress like you, act like you, walk like you, talk like you, you know what you ought to say? Praise God, somebody's here in church and the gospel can go forward and that maybe they can see their life change and that God can do a work in them. And when you begin to see that, man, guess what? That You ought to be saying, hey, why don't you sit by me? Well, preacher, you don't understand. They haven't taken a bath in a month. Well, maybe they can't. Get over ourselves. The fact is we allow so much contention, so much strife to divide the church. You know what we need to be? We need to be united. You know, the Bible says a house divided against itself will not stand. Now listen, praise the Lord for Paul and Barnabas that learned a lesson through this contention, through this decision that they made. And they used it to go out and spread the gospel in other places. But when it came down to it five years later, you know what? When Paul was asked of Barnabas, you know what he said? Barnabas is a good man that God's using in a mighty way. You know what he could have he could have done? He could have said, you know what, that guy? He took a turncoat with him. He took a guy that couldn't hack it. He could have been bitter, but he wasn't. You know why? Because God did a work in their hearts. And then he even called for John Mark later, and John Mark's with him in prison. And 
he asked Timothy to bring John Mark with you. Why? Because he's needful for me. You know what? He does good to my spirit. He helps me along the way. And he learned a valuable lesson. And the fact is, let's learn some things from God's word. Let's not just read it. Let's be doers of it. And understand, we've not arrived to this super platform of religious, uh, this religious plateau where nobody else can reach where you are. The fact is, it's a forward progress motion that we're doing till the Lord comes. And Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Remember, he said, I pressed towards the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let me just encourage you, if people come in this church, that they might look different. You don't understand, preacher. They, you didn't have to sit by him. That guy smelled alcohol on him. Well, praise the Lord, he came here. Praise the Lord, he came here. You know what we're good at doing? We're good at trying to segregate people. When God loves us all. He loves us all. We don't need to segregate people. Now listen, I don't think we ought to be unwise when it comes to protecting our church and protecting our young people and things of that. We live in a crazy world. But the fact of the matter is, if it's just a petty disagreement you have with somebody, let me give you a verse that will help you along the way. It says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know what that means? When you love God's word more than anything else, you end up developing thick skin. And nothing's going to get you off course. That word offended means off-ended, to be off track, off course. So you know what it says? Great peace have they which love thy law. Those that love this book, guess what? They stay steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen, this isn't a deep theological message tonight, but it's something that was on my heart. I'm tired of hearing about division in our country among churches that believe like we do, that stand on this book. You know what? We ought to rejoice when God blesses people. We ought to rejoice when God brings new people into our church and, man, get excited about those things. And when God takes people to other churches, we ought to be excited about that. Why? That's an opportunity for them to serve in a new area that they've never been before. What, a, what an awesome opportunity. But the fact of the matter is, you know why we get so upset about it? Because there's investment. There's investment, and it's broken heart. But you know what? We ought to rejoice in the fact that they're still serving God. You know when we ought to be really broken is when they don't go to church anywhere. They leave and they don't go to church anywhere. That's when we ought to be really broken hearted and try to get them back in church. But if they go to another church like-minded, listen, you ought to just rejoice in the fact they're still in church. And it's not about us. And Faith Baptist Church isn't for everybody. But God's works for everybody. And the fact is, we just need to rejoice in it. Just rejoice in it. You say, preacher, why are you doing this? Because I needed this in my spirit. There's times, just so you understand, I'll be transparent with you tonight. I, I'm flesh just like you. And there's times I get discouraged when I see people leave and you think, man, why are they leaving? What, what's going on? And God says, because I needed them somewhere else. And you know what I have to say? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because if we're not careful, we allow that dissension and that contention to divide us rather than unite us in the fact that God's doing a work and God sends people all over the place to do His work where He wants them at the time He wants them to be there. 
And I think about the people God's brought here recently and, man, how excited it is that they're part of this place now and how God brought them here. Man, that's great. That's exciting. That's exciting. And you know what? It's exciting the fact I I love the relationship that God's given me with Pastor Bain. I I really appreciate it. Why? Because Shenandoah is a good church doing a good work for the Lord. You know what? People say, well, people from our church went over there. Well, people from their church came here too. Get over it. And you think I'm laughing. The fact of the matter is, Pastor Bain and I have talked about it. It's not about me and it's not about him. It's all about God. The fact of the matter is, we've been praying for the Collins family. If God wants them here, praise God. But if God wants them to serve somewhere else, we ought to rejoice in the fact that God wants them to go somewhere else and that they can be part of that church and help that church along the way. We were teasing him a little bit last week that we were going to pray selfishly and all of those things. But really, we want God's will for them. You know what? We get so upset about things. We get all ready just to get mad and divide and leave. Why? Because, well, that preacher just didn't do what I thought he should do. I'm human, and so are you. This is one area you take a stand on. This book. You know what ought to cause you to divide? That book right there. Somebody doesn't stand on that book, you need to have some distance between you and them. But if somebody's following this book and doing what they're supposed to do, somebody I'll, I'll close with this tonight. There was a preacher, uh, we were talking about some things. And uh, I was asking him about uh, how to know uh, who to fellowship with and who not to. And he said, well, preacher, he said, a lot of times we try to look at where somebody's at and we said, well, they're not where I'm at, so I can't fellowship with them. He said, here's, here's what you need to look at. Is don't look at where they're at. Look at what direction they're headed. He said, because there may be somebody who's not all the way where you are yet, but they're coming that direction. And there may be somebody that's even a little farther ahead of you who's actually going backwards. He said, you know who you need to be around is the one who's coming to the right place. And I got to think about that. Well, what's that right place? And it was this book. Somebody who's trying to live their life, according to this book, those are the people we ought to stand with, lock arms with, rejoice over, praise God about. But those that try to turn away from God's word, those are the ones that we have to separate from. Why? Because ultimately it's about him. It's about him. Paul and Barnabas didn't have a doctrinal difference. They both believed the same thing. They both preached the same thing. You know what they had? They had a petty disagreement. That turned into a big contention and they divided. Praise God they learned and that God used it and others were saved and God took the gospel even further. Listen, let me encourage you in this tonight. Let's just put our petty disagreements aside. If you've got a disagreement with somebody in the church, get it right. Get it right. And if you don't want to get it right, then you're not right with the Lord yourself. You want to harbor bitterness in your heart? You're not right with God yourself. But you know what we need to do this evening? Some of us just need to search our hearts and say, Lord, what is it inside of me? What is it in me that you're trying to show me tonight? Maybe there was some, maybe it's husband and wife. I don't know. Maybe it's kids and parents having some contention. Listen, let me, let me encourage you. Don't allow it to divide you. Don't allow it to divide you. Let the Lord, who is the uniter, he's the one who unifies, let him be first place. 
and he'll really help you along the way. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not even saved and what I talked about tonight really doesn't make sense because you don't know the Lord as your Savior. Listen, if you're in this room and you are saved, the Holy Spirit told you what I said tonight's exactly true. It's exactly true. And you say, well, preacher, I don't like it when I get preached to. Listen, you don't have to stand here and look in the mirror and look at yourself while you're preaching. I do. A mirror out there on the wall, you know who I see when I look that way? I see me. So I get to preach to myself as I preach to you. The fact is, we just need to listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us. And maybe we ought to just unify tonight. And just say, you know what? It doesn't matter whether I like him or I don't like them and the way they dress and the way they act. And they're, they're, man, my personality is not the same as their personality. Listen, let's grow up. Let's grow up and get over it. Let's not have the junior high mentality. We're supposed to be growing in the things of Christ. You know what we ought to be? We ought to be strong soldiers for the Lord. Winning people to Jesus. Bringing them to church. And listen, we ought, to, we ought to get them here and show them the love of Christ and rejoice. Listen, they may not all, they're not all going to stay here, just so you understand that. We could bring 100 people to church, and they're probably not all going to stay. But if they get grounded and they go somewhere else and they're learning from the Lord and they're growing in God's Word, we ought to shout the rooftop off and rejoice. Quit getting, quit getting so uptight about, well, they're mine. They're, I heard one preacher say this. He said, well, People came and they, they're fishing in my pond. I said, preacher, it's not your pond. It's God's. It's God's. And I have to be reminded of that. Because we do get to love each other in the church. And we become family in the church. And there's been people who have asked me recently, well, why have so-and-so left? And why is so-and-so left? I don't know. Ask God. Ask the Lord. Because you know what? We've had people coming. And people joining. And God's just moving people around. You know what? It's His work. Let's just let Him do it. Let's just keep doing what God tells us to do and not worry about why God's doing what He's doing. Let's just rejoice that He's still moving. And He's still working. And He's still doing, doing a work for souls being saved and lives being changed. And that's what it's all about. So how did the Lord speak to your heart tonight?